With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Available now at your nearest Kia dealer. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, Badge and Matt, Matt Rogers, it actually is. Uh, welcome back to the show, and uh, thanks for those texts that are uh, flying in a few of them. Andy's got one there. Can you see those, Matt? Would you I can. Like? I can, Matt. Uh, what have we got? Uh, that was outstanding from Scoob's missus. She's got her finger on the pulse. Okay. I should have pre-read that one. I've got no idea. <laughs> well, that means, hey, we're going to have a chat now to uh, Barrett Sundaraisen, who's an SEN cricket expert, of course, the third test against South Africa starts tomorrow at the SCG. It's also the 15th annual pink test. And as you said before, Matty, that goes, uh, money there raised goes to the, uh, the McGrath Foundation. Uh, Barrett, on the line, uh, how are you, mate? And uh, is there as much hype around this test given it's 2-0 to Australia? Uh, good evening, guys. Happy New Year. Uh, no, oh, I wouldn't say so. I mean... In a way, it's uh, it's good because focus on the the wonderful cause, which is the the pink test. And it was wonderful listening to Glenn McGrath talk about uh, just his story and uh, the the impact that uh, the Glenn McGrath Foundation, the McGrath Foundation, has had on uh, on breast cancer and spreading the awareness and everything else from a cricketing sense. Um, I think Australia are already looking ahead to India in terms of what how the pitch is going to play like and the team selection as well. Uh, so uh, even though yeah, I mean they want to win this and qualify or basically make sure they are in that World Test Championship final even before they head to India, I think they're mm. already looking ahead to that first test in Nagpur. So how how do you think that's going to affect um, the the selection of players? Does it mean that someone on the fringe like Lance Morris, um, even even Ashton Agar, are more likely to play? I think Ashton Agar at the moment is definitely more likely to play than Lance Morris. You just you could make out from not just Lance Morris's body language, but just how Pat Cummins was uh, talking about selection issues that maybe we won't see the wild thing quite yet. Uh, but Ashton Agar has a very good chance, especially because uh, the Australians are expecting this pitch at the SCG to turn uh, from day two or maybe even late in on day one. Uh, and like I said, they they want to start preparing for that India tour where they will be playing two spinners. So uh, when you think of outside picks, yeah, Ashnega could be one, but we're also hearing that maybe a Matt Renshaw might come in. Uh, and that's mm. intriguing. Like, does he open the batting like he has been in the, in the last couple of years or uh, and then get Usman Khawaja to bat in the middle order or do they do the other way around when Renshaw bats in the middle order? So uh, despite the fact that this is a dead rubber, there is that excitement around uh, who we'll get to see play tomorrow morning. Yep. Nice. But uh, the South Africans have been incredibly disappointing on from their standards. Um, they're a proud nation. I mean, what can we expect in this last game? Because if they don't win, they don't get a spot into the into the um, the, the, the World Test, Test Championship. Championship. Well, so yeah. they, they they are playing for something. Yeah. It's not a dead rubber for them. They are. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but more than that, they're playing for pride. I mean, they've been shocking so far, especially yeah. from a batting front. 
Uh, but also from a ball, bowling front. I mean, they managed to bowl one maiden across all of them, like on, on day two, on the hot day where David Warner made all those runs at the MCG. That's just not good enough at this level. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they have an outside chance of still making it to the World Test Championship final, but it all starts with them somehow finding a way to win this test and a few other results going their way. Uh, but I think it, it's just pride. But I think South African cricket is also at the crossroads. Uh, they're just going to play 12 test matches in the next two years, including this one. So, right. uh, yeah, what's the motivation for the, a lot of them to continue as well? Yeah. What, who is the key for them? Who is their motivator? Who's their guy that they get behind? Who is the player that needs to stand up for them to get this team motivated? Uh, I think uh, we've seen Andrik Nokia be that guy, uh, yeah. even though all eyes are generally on Khakis or Abada because he's a senior seamer and a uh, world-class bowler, as we've seen in Australia before as well. And uh, But he's just not had a Rabada-like series so far. Uh, he's had spells where, he, where he's looked like the Rabada of old, but he has been flat on other occasions. So you would expect someone like him to really put his hand up and uh, you know, make a show of it. But more than that, they just need their top five to put some runs on the board. I mean, it's mm. been shocking they're batting, what, seven straight innings across the world where they couldn't get to 200 and just got over the line in the second inning. That's just not good enough at this level. Uh, so I think it has to be the top five, someone in there who puts um, his hand up and says, you know, I'll make a name for myself, at least at the start of the year, even if the series is gone. Yeah. Hey, it, I'm hoping it's not going to be a fizzer because they're forecasting rain for the first few, and up to the first four days. Oh, no. It's not, not too much. Yeah. Is it looking pretty ordinary? Uh, I mean, just looking at the radar and just speaking to uh, the locals here, it feels like the rain, at least tomorrow, is going to come more towards the latter half of the day, which is good, which is a good sign. Uh, but mm. just just the talk around this pitch, uh, I don't know whether everybody, a lot of them are expecting this pitch to last all five days, uh, in the sense where batting stays easy. So even if it does rain, I still have a feeling that the, the, the game game will be played at a fast pace, or so we expect, uh, if the pitch does break up the way they're expecting it to. Uh, but it is a Sydney test, and you know how it is. It always rains when there's a test match in Sydney. Yeah, true. One of the big myths, uh, apparently, is about the Sydney cricket ground being the spinner's paradise. It just hasn't been that way for a long yeah. time. And I know Crash Craddock has um, talked to, to us about that. Um, so is that, is that maybe work against Agar getting a start? Um, historically, yeah. I mean, what it's been uh, a long time since uh, Australia played two spinners. So 2017, before they went to India, ironically, last time around, where Steve O'Keefe played uh, alongside Nathan Lyon. And, and the thing is that the pitch has been very slow. We've seen a few draws in the last few years. Uh, but this this season in domestic cricket and shield cricket, uh, we've had a couple of games finish early. One finished in two days where uh, the spinners had a big say. So I think that is why there is this feeling that Ashton Agar might come into the side. Uh, and, and poor Crash Craddock finally will, you know, we can wake up tomorrow morning and be happy because two spinners will be playing. He's written it so <laughs> yeah. often as, as in the lead up to a Sydney test. So, yeah, just for Crash's sake, I hope they play both, both spinners. Well, well, with the, with the upcoming series to the subcontinent, um, playing Agar might be yeah. a bit of a test run for him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And Mitch Swepson yeah. miss out again. Mm. It's yeah. been uh, it's been cruel. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, um, now, a couple of other things we want to talk to you about, um, Barrett, is um, oh, the new broadcast deal with Channel 7 and yep. Foxtel. Absolutely huge. It'll extend it through till 2031. Was this 
Was this a bit of a shock given the, uh, you know, the drama that was going on between Cricket Australia and Channel 7 only, what, a year or two ago? Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I think but the drama played out for so long that a lot of people in the know expected things to end this way where, you know, Channel 7 uh, retain the rights or, like, you know, they keep the rights and, and, and the court case is done with. And that's exactly what seems to have happened, uh, you know. Just speaking to people who follow the broadcast deal news or uh, who are always on top of these things, uh, there was this feeling of inevitability even uh, last week that it will be Fox and Seven who retain the rights uh, to 2031. Mm. Seems like such a long uh, time away. But um, yeah, interesting developments also that the BBL will be reduced, which a lot of people have been uh, calling for, what, 61 to 43 matches. Uh, so hopefully that means a lot more of the bigger names will uh, hang hang back and you know play a bigger part of the tournament and also you get some of the high profile Australian names wanting to play in the BBL and I think that is part of the deal that they've struck with Seven in particular. Yeah and I know cricket is a big part of of your life. Do you feel the same about it, Big Bash when you, I, mean, I just find that there's too much and, mm. and, and then reducing it, that's a, that's a good move I feel. Oh very much so. Something had to give with the BBL right, like we've been hearing uh, not very good news about the future of the BBL for a while now. And in a way, it had a lot to do with Channel 7 and like their reservations about how the league was going or where it was going. Uh, and from a cricketing perspective, it's still a very good tournament. I think it just needs a little more uh, panache almost. And, uh, uh, and also just to keep the narrative limited enough where you can keep people's attentions for long enough, especially through the holiday period. So I think reducing it, the number of matches will certainly help. Uh, and otherwise, we've, we've actually seen some really good cricket, some very good matches this uh, this summer. So I am looking forward to catching the latter half of the BBL once this test match is done and there's no international cricket between them and India too. Yeah, I think the uh, the BBL being short and what it does is although they haven't got as many games, each game becomes more important because there's less yeah. and you, you put more focus on it. I think there's a real balance that we can get where we can stretch things out too long and you just get you just get jaded. You, you get do. tired as, of as a fan. It. You do. Yeah. I can't imagine how how as the player. players go. Yeah. Hey, I, I've had a, a good read of this Barrett, and I I just can't agree with you anymore on. Um, your column or, or some stuff that was written in the Sydney Morning Herald. I think it was on the back of um, yeah. some social media stuff you posted about racism um, in Australia. Yeah. And I've had this conversation with mates of mine who um, very much like what you're talking about, don't realise they're racist. And that we, you know, the yeah. way we were, we were brought up here in Australia. Um, do you want to share that with our listeners? Oh, no, no, absolutely. Uh, look, I, it's it's a conversation which is not very easy to to have for for any person of color or like you know when you are subjected to it on a daily basis like wherever you go and it's not always like in your face not that people are yelling at you every day it's just uh, what gets deemed as casual racism where I don't believe uh, that term makes any sense because what there cannot be nothing casual about racism like you know it's just discrimination mm. where uh, wherever you go you're just singled out and you're just uh, made to feel. Uh, different and you belittled in many ways like with what people tell you and it happened to me a few times and it happens to me in a lot of places not just in australia but around the world but since i call australia home and since i've been here five years uh at some point you just feel like hey you know i'm australian like accept me for who i am Uh, and uh, it's not just me so many uh, you know people who move to this wonderful country from around the world 
face the same issues. I just felt I have a voice, I have a platform, so it's my responsibility, my duty almost to uh, talk about it, you know, or make it almost okay for others who fail the same things and who don't have a voice or a platform to talk about it. So I think that was the main reason I decided to write about it. Uh, and, and like you said, a, a lot of it comes from ignorance. A lot of people in Australia from a certain generation, I guess, don't understand. Uh, maybe the lady who said, oh, you know, I hope you're not on the same flight as me just because she saw my bag go through security. Uh, maybe it was okay. she felt it was okay to say these things you know, when she was growing up. It's not anymore. Yeah. So it's just no, about it's spreading that awareness and that information. Yeah, I, I congratulate you on, on speaking out and... I guess, and speaking to our listeners about it too, because I mean, we're trying to stamp that out across all sports and all of society. Yeah. It's oh, not... look, my, my, yeah, Matt, I, we had a chat before. Yeah. I said, my, my dad and his generation, different. It, it was different and very racist, and 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 they didn't realise the harm that they were. So, yeah. and then I think I had, you know, I like my mates. We all had to admit, hey, we're doing the same thing, yeah. and we can't change unless we admit we're, we're, that we yeah. are cut it out. being yeah. racist, and we have to cut it out and yeah. try to address it and uh, and understand how other people feel. I did, I did get the other thing you said there, uh, Barrett, about you were when you were at the a net session, I think, for was it for the Aussie yeah. side, yeah. and you got singled out. Yeah, That's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and that those are times you feel like you know, uh, you know, do if you do you really even want me in this country? Like you know, you feel like you feel deflated. You feel, and if it happens once, well, you know, people are doing their jobs as well. It's fine. When it happens repeatedly, it's when you realize that yeah, you are being singled out just because it's different. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and especially when I'm wearing my accreditation card and just doing my job. Uh, mm. that's, you know, that's my safe place. And then to be, you know, to be told. And also the way you get spoken to as well, when you realize it's different to, well, your colleagues get spoken to differently, it, that's when it starts stinging, right? Like, yeah, so yeah. Or just because I look different, just because you think I don't belong. And, and even some of the, the comments that have followed my piece kind of justify almost in my head. And I'm, I'm happy that I wrote what I did because a lot of it, comes through denial. People saying, ah, no, no, no way what this guy's saying can be true in Australia. Australia is not like that. Or a lot of people have said, like, you know, pack up and go home if you can't adapt to Australian society. But that, you know, that narrative needs to change. And hopefully, you know, the more people like me do it or talk about it, it will someday. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, the more conversations about it, the better. Hey, good on you, Barrett. And, and uh, look, thanks for your insight into uh, the third test starting tomorrow in Sydney. I hope it goes really well and we hope we can uh, have a chat to you d- d- throughout the test as well, mate. So uh, thanks for joining us on Absolutely. on Sports Day. No worries at all, guys. You have a great evening. Yep. Too, mate. Good on you. We're doing it for the seven-seat Kia Sorento Large SUV. Now, um, give Channel 10 the big bash back. Seven and Fox are butchered. <laughs> that comes from Oscar from the Valley. Keep your texts yeah. coming. 0457 736 736. Back soon on Sports Day.